Hi and welcome to Offset's Out of the Box. My name is Nush Lewis. I'm a musician, educator and founder of Offset. Out of the Box is an interview series where we interview some of the most interesting music educators in our opinion. Educators who are doing things differently and essentially thinking out of the box. Our guest for our first episode today is Meera Fernandez. Meera is a trumpet player and an elementary music educator from Melbourne, Australia, who is currently based in Mumbai, India. She is the founder of Music Generation and a music, which is a music ed company that has done a significant amount of work between Melbourne, India, and Nepal. So, uh, welcome, Meera. Thank you for taking time out for us. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we got to do this. Um, and I know there's like. I feel like this is just going to be one of our normal conversations over coffee. <laughs> yeah, where we're just like, ah, we love <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think I want to start off by asking you, uh, what has been your education work over the past one year? Oh, uh, so for the past one year, that's actually a really interesting question because um, uh as you said, I founded the Music Generation, and I actually took a step back from that about a year ago. Um, so I took a step back from running a music education company because I wanted to be on the ground. I was sick of doing all the admin and just taking care of the financials and stuff, and I really just wanted to be teaching again. Because um, here I was sort of managing all these teachers when really all I wanted to do was be teaching. So the last year I've been working with the Sound Space in Bombay and Soul Edge Academy as one of their teachers. Um, and it's been so great because I've been able to really hone my own teaching ethos and how I teach and what I teach. And that's really what the last year has been about. It's just about me sort of rediscovering myself as a teacher again, which has been pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when you came back from Australia, our first meeting, you were just like, I want to do elementary music education. I want to work with children. And that actually brings me to my second question, which is, uh, I mean, you and I both know that elementary music education on its own is a very challenging space to be in because it demands a certain kind of teacher, a certain kind of person. Uh, and that is always best translated when you are in a brick and mortar situation because you're physically in the room uh, with the um, you've really managed to translate that beautifully in your online lessons at least from what I've been seeing and, but I'm sure that comes with like a good number of like challenges so can you walk us through what some of those like hurdles are and like with this particular age group Definitely. I mean, look, honestly, the younger kids, which are about ages like two to three that I've been doing, engaging them online is damn difficult uh, to the point where they need a parent there. Like they can't be there by themselves, which honestly isn't extremely different from brick and mortar because usually two to three year olds is a parent toddler kind of situation. Um, I think the biggest thing I've noticed is you need to keep it as interactive as possible. If you are just teaching to the screen and not engaging the kids by actually having a conversation with them at some point in the lesson, then you're ba they're basically just watching a YouTube video, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So basically, things I do is kind of getting them all to sing solos and unmuting them one at a time. And then they're all very excited for their turn. So they're all kind of waiting to, you know, to sing their part and sing their solo and get heard by everyone else. 
they all like listening to each other as well, which is really good. Um, I think it's also really good making sure you're constantly saying their names constantly so they know you're not just doing it to a general group. You are yeah. engaged with them specifically. Um, and that's really important because the reason we are teachers is not because we can put out these YouTube videos that can just go viral to anyone. We're teachers because we have a relationship with our students and keeping that relationship strong over the internet is really important still. Um, and yeah, I mean, my best class is one that uh, is one of my youngest classes at Salt Edge Academy. And uh, I've been with them for about two months and we're basically prepping them to go into instrumental learning in the next year or so. And they're coming along so beautifully and them on Zoom it's incredible, like their attention and they're singing in tune and singing beautifully and they're doing everything I ask. And it's actually, they're, they're doing better than they sometimes do in class, but it's really fun. It's amazing. Like, so yeah, just as engaging as possible is the key, I think. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because I think as much as uh, you're putting in the effort, I think it's very interesting to see how children also feel because they're doing a class through the screen that they have to put in that amount of effort and it doesn't matter how young they are. I mean, just the fact that you're saying that they are patient enough to wait for another student to like, to listen to them or looking forward to that. That's, that's growth in itself. And you congratulate them on it. You know, like just at the end of my last class, I made them kind of all sing. We all kind of said like just some affirmations about, you know, I said, thank you so much for being so wonderful. You're all doing so wonderful in online classes. And then I made, we said, I am wonderful together. Wow. Because just celebrate the fact that they have transitioned so well into online learning and they should be celebrated for that because it is a really difficult thing to do yeah. at any age, let alone a three or a four year old. Yeah. Just suddenly stuck at home, you know, like, and I know, we're trying to convey this message of safe at home, which is very true. And I believe it, but how do you explain that to a three-year-old yes. who suddenly can't talk to their friends and all this kind yeah. of thing? It's a um, different story. It's also, I mean, I'm uh, just by looking at some of, I mean, watching some of your Instagram lives and some of your videos, it's the uh, energy level that you need to kind of, I mean, like I know when I used to do parent-toddler classes that there's a certain vibe that you bring into a class and there's a certain energy because not only do you have to engage with the children, but you also have to engage with, with the adults in the room and get them to and, 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 and adults always feel a little like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to do dance or I don't know if I want to dance with a scarf, but you have to kind of get them in. And that takes a lot of energy, even if it's just like a 35 to 40 minute lesson what is that like when you're doing it online because it is it is crazy because like I'm a homebody so in a way this is like my dream come true right because <laughs> I don't have to leave out to go to work but it, it actually has taken me so much more energy than even in class because in class you're feeding off the energy of everyone right yeah. but when you're doing a live or a zoom session where all these kids are just staring at you and you can't hear them or anything I'm like having to build that up within myself. Yeah. And it is exhausting. Like it's so great that the couch is just there for straight after, but it is exhausting. <laughs> when you're doing sort of like four or five classes back to back, it's actually like a like and, and you've been staring at the screen kind of all day. It's like it is quite exhausting. Yeah. But um it's been really rewarding. So uh 
just to be able to sort of help out parents and stuff like that during this time and to see the kids really enjoy it and need it, uh, it's been rewarding. So it's been worth the energy. I'm actually glad that you mentioned parents because it literally segues into my next question, which is what is the role of a parent in a class like this, number one, and post-lesson? Um, mm. Because it's very different when we have a brick-and-mortar situation where the parent comes in and we do a lesson and we go away and then they come back again. But in a situation like this where they're at home all the time um, and you do your lesson and after that, what is that reinforcement like? So what is the role of the parent? What would, what would your advice be to them? I want to acknowledge that whatever I say, I want to acknowledge the parents that I know how difficult the situation is. Uh, especially for those who are working currently and at home trying to like keep their kids occupied and stuff. It's a really challenging situation and no one's going to be handling it perfectly. Um, I think, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. I think, I think the key thing, I think we were talking about this, the key thing parents can do is not really push their kids into anything. You know? It's about trying to engage them, I think, in ways outside of the screen as much as possible. Um, I, and which is which again is just really difficult because all their classes are on a screen um and whether that means you're putting on some music that we did in class or singing a song with them that they did in class and asking them to sing it by themselves or memorize it maybe just as a task um I think don't force kids to do anything that they're not feeling I think it's really easy um to kind of push them to like sit down and do something or say do this and they might just be coming and saying I'm bored I'm bored um and I don't think that boredom is just like, it's just them struggling with the situation, you know, and uh, just just spending time with them and talking to them if you can, um, I think is the best thing. I've been getting a lot of messages from parents, which has also been really rewarding, saying that the kids are just enjoying my videos that I've been posting online and that they sing a lot of the songs we do in our sessions outside of the session. Yes. And I get parents asking, can you just send me a voice memo of this song so I can sing it with them? So. From just the experience, I've had parents being really proactive at the moment, which is great to see. Um, and yeah, it's I, I'm really impressed like with what I've seen anyway. So, no, I think that's, that's amazing because I think that's what... And it's so funny because like you said, we're constantly looking at screens and things like that. But that kind of engagement with with the child is actually what we want as educators is we want them to to constantly go back to concepts that we did in class, whether it is, you know, something, a song that you're singing while you're cooking with your child in the kitchen or like stuff like that, like, you know, just small things. And we want them to revisit those concepts. So, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm really glad that you're getting positive feedback from parents as well as parents asking you for, for tips and voice notes and yeah. those kind of things. I mean, I think that's, that's remarkable because right now it is, it's a it's a hard time we're in, so I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I just want to say to any parent that's watching this: you're not doing anything right or wrong. Yeah. Um, just just listen to your kid is what I would say. Like, don't and just understand that they're having they might be struggling with this situation and they don't have the way to regulate those emotions and stuff. So they might need a little more your understanding. Yeah. Um, rather than. Uh, no, we're very fortunate. You have to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, like a three-year-old can't understand that. Yeah, of course. No, yeah. and hats off to the parents for doing it. So that's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay, just to kind of wrap things up, 
what are your top three tips to elementary music teachers who have now moved lessons online? And that's besides being a teacher like you who's doing parent-toddler sort of stuff and singing sort of stuff, but like teachers who are also doing like say piano lessons and those kind of things. So your top three tips. Um, I would say is com communicate with parents a lot. Uh, I was teaching a piano class the other day and the student was just really frustrated the whole time. Um, and I found out, I messaged his mother afterwards and I found out that he'd had a lot of screen time that day and just not a very productive day. And I told her, look, honestly, in these situation, in this situation, I would rather be a bit more flexible with lessons because I don't want him to start hating the piano due to this online screen situation. Um, so maybe even if we break it up and do like two half an hour sessions instead of one one hour lesson kind of thing. Um, and let's just talk about things a little bit more and tell him to be honest, you know, with me and with you. If he's not feeling it for a piano lesson today, let's not force it because, um, you know, routine is good. But again, this is a very abnormal situation. Um, uh, the other thing I would say is move around. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of teachers, which is totally cool, you know, like is just sitting in front of the screen. But I think you'll find if you get the kids up, um, they tend to be a lot more engaged rather than just watching you kind of sing at the screen. Um, I found that whenever I'm just singing at the screen, they tend to stare. But whenever you're like, everyone get up, then it's yeah. like, okay, let's, let's move or let's do a rhythm exercise or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, I think don't be, I think the biggest thing is like, don't feel so pressured to stick to the normal lesson format. I think um, I'm a big believer of that in all situations, but especially now if, if you had like a deadline to like get this kid to this certain spot in the next month, maybe be a bit lenient on that at the moment because um, I just think that music's greatest purpose is to express, to let out stress, to just enjoy it, right? Um, and especially now, if that's not what music is doing for your child, then it, I don't know, it just creates more stress in my mind and that creates a negative association to music. So I think even if it just means, you know, maybe you tell your kid, like, maybe if you want to write a song about how you're feeling at the moment, or I have no idea, but yeah. <laughs> make it a little bit more of a place to, like, let go rather than, you know, we have to learn these things. Yeah, get creative with the tools that there are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I am so glad that I got to do episode number one with you. Uh -huh. uh, I couldn't have asked to do this with anyone else. At least for our first episode. So I'm just so glad that I'm doing this. Uh, I'm doing this together. Thank you guys for like, doing this at Offset. Like, it's really amazing. I think music education has yeah. so much scope in Bombay. And it's like your kind of organizations that are giving the opportunities to like us teachers and spreading the word and stuff. So, oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, for, for us, the, the main aim is to, is to bring that community together, especially now when teachers need help and we need more resources and things like that. So that's literally mm -hmm. what Out of the Box is about. Uh, so thank you so much, Mira. Uh, and it was great talking to you. And uh, yeah. yes, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Offset Out of the Box is produced by Offset Education in partnership with Bend and edited by Ayande.